Welcome back to Felicity Was Here. I'm Heather. I'm Melissa. And I'm Dr. Joe. And today we are discussing Felicity Season 1, Episode 12, Friends. Hey, ladies, how's it going? Hi. Great. Great. <laughs> Joe, what's so great? How, how's things? I was just pretending. Oh. I just woke up. I'm a little sleepy. <laughs> I thought if I said great, then I'd feel great. more awake. <laughs> you got to fake it till you make it, right? That's right. Well, it's funny. I'm in Illinois right now, and Melissa and I just hung out today. We saw each other for a little coffee, little co-host reunion. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so lovely. Did you have, like, a little cardboard cutout of me and, like, have you? You were there oh, in wow. spirit, for yeah, sure. we did talk yeah. about you. Mm -hmm. All good things. Mm -hmm. All, all right. good things. All good things. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Of course. I wouldn't suspect anything else. No, but we did. We tried not to talk too much about Felicity, but we did agree that this episode kind of felt a little mid. It was like, oh, huh, okay. I don't know that I have a ton of big thoughts on the, on the episode this week. It was kind of like a filler episode, in my opinion. You know, these shows in the 90s had like uh. 25 episodes a season, so not every single episode can uh. be super jam-packed with important stuff. There, there was some important things here, but yeah. Right. <laughs> I felt like more maybe they were setting up, at least especially with Julie, like I feel like they were setting things up for some other arcs mm -hmm. for the rest of the season. But yeah, like even the whole vending machine thing, I'm like, what was the point of that storyline, you know? So maybe you'll have other thoughts. I'll be interested to hear. Oh, okay. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I have some thoughts, but I don't know if I can um, justify a filler episode. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll do my best. Well, to catch everyone up last week on Felicity, Felicity and Noel officially became boyfriend and girlfriend, even though Felicity found out that Ben and Julie spent winter break together in Vermont. But both couples have decided to take things slow with each other, but at least now everything's out in the open. Felicity and Noel are together. Ben and Julie are together. Everyone knows it. No more secrets, right? So that's kind of where we left off last week. In this episode, Felicity sees Blair kissing someone in the library who is not Elena. And Julie receives the identity of her birth mom and grapples with how to meet her. Meanwhile, Noel pretends to be Sensa's boyfriend in order to get some new vending machines for the dorms. So jumping right in, first scene, we see Felicity back in the stacks. This time, she's just looking for a book. She's not making out with Noel. But as she's searching for her books and throughout the aisles, she ends up having to ask another student, you know, is this actually where I can find books. Like, how do I find this book? It's very confusing. But he is apparently very smart and has some sort of photographic memory because he can remember all the faces for the end of time, everything they're wearing. And he's like, I don't have time for you right now, miss. Lavender sweater, army pants, big hair. And Felicity's like, okay, sorry, I bothered you. I don't know what you're talking about. And then she's like, wait a minute, you remember me? Because he then says, oh, yeah, you in sideburns, jeans, olive shirt, gold ring. She's like, oh, Noel? <laughs> And I like that he called out the gold yeah. ring. And that, I like how yeah. that was the giveaway. She's like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, you mean Noel, the gold ring. <laughs> that gold ring. Yes, yes, yes. And so she realizes, oh, you saw Noel and I making out during finals. He's like, yeah, I was trying to study. People keep taking my space and I can't study unless I'm in my space. And he said, yeah, even right now, that was my space. And he points over to his cubicle. Felicity looks over and who is in his space now? But Blair. And he's kissing someone. And as they pull away, she sees that it is not Elena. So, yikes. Awful. So then we get Felicity telling Sally that in college, people's lives are always happening all around you. 
You know what they're eating, how they're sleeping, and you see who they're kissing. And you're thrown in the middle, whether you like it or not. So I think particularly, the one thing that I found particularly interesting this week is that Felicity's kind of thrown into the role, into the middle of things, whereas normally she's inserting herself into the middle of all these situations and being a Budinsky. But this time she like didn't really choose to see Blair at that point. So I think it's it's kind of interesting to see how she deals with this now in a situation that she kind of had no control over being inserted in the middle of. It seems she doesn't like it that much. <laughs> she seems really uncomfortable, which I thought she would have jumped at this opportunity being the Budinsky that she is. She's like, oh, like, now free permission. Don't like being in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because she's learning. She's growing. Exactly. She doesn't want to repeat her mistake. Then we see Felicity at work at Dean and DeLuca and Nola's visiting, getting a coffee. And she, of course, wants his advice. And she says, OK, let's say hypothetically, what if one of your friends saw me kissing another guy? And of course, that sets Noel off in a tizzy. He's like, wait, what guy? Who are you kissing? And she's like, no, hypothetically. And would you want him to tell you about it? And he's like, which friend? Which guy? Like, he's thinking this is happening. She's like, no, let's say hypothetically, a hypothetical friend saw me kissing some hypothetical guy, right? Would you want him to tell you? And Noel says no. So then Felicity tells Noel that she saw Blair kissing some girl in the stacks and that it was not an accidental on the lips kiss that was supposed to be on the cheek, which Noel says happened to him and his mom once. And it was very weird. <laughs> and so then Felicity says, I think I would want to know. And Noel says, trust me, you wouldn't. So it's very interesting. Yeah. What do you think about that? Do we want to know or not know? What do you think? I mean, I hate to say it depends. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I could see where if it's like a new relationship, you know, I don't know. I feel like it kind of depends on the situation and like how long have you been friends with this person? How sure was she that she saw? Because it was kind of far away. I don't know. I think it depends. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like mostly I would want to know. But I think it's interesting that Noel's like encouraging her to stay out of it because he kind of tends to do that when it comes to relationship stuff to advise her like oh don't tell them yet or just wait so that seems that seems typical for him but I'm I'm curious that she didn't just leap in and again yeah you say she's learning but I think of all the times it would have been appropriate for her to insert herself this yeah. would have been the time and this is the time where she pulled back the most so I thought I was like well I guess I mean it's a trial and error thing learning is learning I guess yeah I, I do wonder if maybe something like this has happened to Noel in the past, like maybe he's been cheated on in the past because we have seen him have such like hard trust issues and jealousy. He was just so quick to say like, yeah, no, I wouldn't want to know. Like, trust me, you wouldn't want to know. And it's like, well, why do you, you know, he just seemed like he was very sure of his answer there. So I wonder if this has happened to him in the past. Or if he's just really insecure yeah. about her in general, because he seems to be on the edge all the time with, with their relationship. Then Felicity and Elena are grabbing food in the cafeteria and Elena's rambling on about electrons. But Felicity's obviously acting weird because she doesn't know what to do or say to Elena. And she tells Sally, like, there's no easy intro into telling someone something like this. There's nothing you can't just say, like, funny thing. However, that is how she decides to start <laughs> to tell Elena. So Elena can tell she's like, you're acting weird. What's up? And Felicity says, funny thing. And she kind of stalls and says, you know what, nothing. And then kind of starts again, like, well, yesterday I was looking for this Faulkner book. Like, she's about to tell her about the library situation. But then all of a sudden, another girl, the girl that Blair was kissing, comes up to Elena and sits down right next to her at the same table as them. 
and just kind of launches into how boring this one professor is that she has. And Elena introduces her as Tara, her friend from way back who just transferred to the same university. And I'm like, you just transferred this new quarter. We're like second episode in from winter break, right? And she's already somehow like with her best friend's man. Like, Tara moves quick. Yep. She does not mess around. I mean, she does. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. So yeah, she meets Tara and now gets real quiet about the situation and doesn't tell Elena now, obviously. And so they all keep chatting. And now Felicity just looks even more conflicted now that this person is an actual friend of Elena's. That's awkward for sure. Oh, yeah. Then we go to the mail room where Julie is, and she looks like she got some very important mail. So she goes straight to the loft and tells Ben that this private investigator found her birth mom. Her name's Carol Anderson. She owns an architectural firm. She's 36, and she was 18 when she gave Julie up. So she was also like a freshman in college. And Julie's really excited by this. Like, she's like, okay, great. Now I go get, I get to knock on the door and meet my, meet my birth mom. But Ben is not quite as, I guess, excited or enthused for her. He's more questioning, like, how do you know this is real? Who is this guy? And, you know, how are you actually going to approach this? You haven't seen her in 18 years. You're just going to go knock on the door. So Julie's just seems very confident in what she's going to do. And Ben's like, well, what happens if she doesn't want to see you? And Julie says that she wasn't given a choice when her mom gave her up. So why should she get a choice? Why should her mom get a choice now? Oh, boy. So, yeah, this was kind of intense. Like, I could see that Ben is trying to support her and, like, have her think things through. Mm -hmm. But also, it's just really hard to see, like, Julie's so excited to then have someone kind of bringing her back down a little bit. But she might need a little bit of a reality check. And I can tell he just doesn't want her to get hurt because he's had that kind of relationship probably with his parents, you know. So he's probably trying to protect her. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was hard to watch a little bit because you do see that he cares. But yeah, it's like she's she's floating way up high and he's like, let me burst your bubble real quick. But it, I think in this case, it would be better to have your bubble burst by your boyfriend than by your bio mom who colossally lets you down. So it's a big buildup, a lot of pressure around that meeting. And it just seemed so fast. I mean, I guess she's probably thought about this for a long, long time, but it just seems so fast to like get the information and be like, all right, I'm gonna go knock on her door, like not think through, all right, how do I want to handle this? So I can see where Ben's coming from for sure, where it's like, all right, take a beat. You've got the info, maybe wait a little, but she's clearly, yeah, thought about this for her whole life and is probably eager to know. Yeah, I think in my role as a therapist, I definitely am a bubble burster sometimes because I could see myself kind of saying like, yeah, that's great. And let's plan ahead. Like, how are we going to manage this if there is a disappointment or a rejection? You know, how are you going to navigate that? So if I was her therapist, I would absolutely want to do some preparation and not just be like, "Okay, have fun. Let me know how it goes. But as a boyfriend, you know, that's a little that's obviously a different role than a therapist. But he he has a sensitivity to him and and thoughtfulness. So I could see why he kind of was. Yeah inserting his caution and desire to protect her. Well, he'd also just spent the last month caring for her after this previously huge life event that happened to her. So he's probably like, okay, she's already very fragile. So here, what happens when another serious blow happens and she's knocked down again? Really worried about the compounded effect. Yeah, because he's going to have to deal with that on some level, even if it's not his problem. He's gonna be the one who's supporting her the most probably and that's that's pretty draining to be 
a partner of somebody going through something really big. Even if you do care about them very much, it's still a hard thing to witness. Yeah. And I think he also is probably just so used to being let down by his mm-hmm. parents that he's, yeah, definitely. that he's just like this, you know, that's probably where his mind goes to first. And yeah, he's probably... Again, just trying to protect her. And like Melissa said, after what just happened with Zach, like he probably doesn't want her to go through something that huge. Right. Now. Things are just settling down, it seems like she seems to be in a good space. It's like, OK, we're coasting here. Like, why are we going to get back on the roller coaster? Which also the writers, man, they gave Julie some yeah. heavy material. Like we said, like we <laughs> yeah. just wrapped up with this rape arc and now it's like birth mom adoption. Like, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, that's a lot. Heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah, this wasn't a filler episode for her. (laughs) (laughs) So then we do get a little bit of comic relief here with Noel's storyline. And we go back to the dorm. Richard's back again. This time he's beating up some of the vending machines. And Noel comes out of his room to see what all the commotion is. Richard tells him that the vending machines are basically crap. They ate his money and his almond joy, I think. And Noel says, well, these are new vending machines. Is like, I think the term is refurbished. <laughs> but Richard isn't happy with that answer and says that he still doesn't think Noel is fit to be an RA and that he can't wait until evaluations. And I'm like, I don't know if I ever really remember evaluating our RAs in yeah. college. They, we called them house fellows at our school. But yeah, I don't remember like actually giving an evaluation for them. Yeah, that's silly. And it's really interesting that an RA would be given that responsibility to acquire something of that value, you know, like make such a big purchase. That seems like not something yeah. you would just hand over to a sophomore, a college sophomore, like here, here's your budget. Go acquire some vending machines for the floor. Like what? Isn't somebody else supposed to be in charge of that? Does Daryl have a responsibility on his floor to get something else? Like, does he do pizza on Friday? You know, like, is it up to each floor to decide what they want to do on their own floor? Like, why does Noel have to get this just for their floor? Yeah, that's a good point. It's hard to imagine other RAs in this position. It's like, why does... What about Astrid? Why couldn't Astrid jump in? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those peeps are gone. We never hear from them again. They're gone. No. Daryl, gone. Astrid, gone. But someone who is back is Sensa. So if y'all remember the Hot Objects episode with the party, she helped get all of that chocolate and caviar and like probably cured salmon for the the first college party. And so she overheard Richard's rant and tells Noel that she can take care of it. Apparently, Yuri can get anything on the planet that they need. And so Noel says, he's like, look, I tried that last time, but a kid almost died of Estonian chocolate poisoning. And Sense is like, look, I can get you a cut of the profits, too. And Noel's like, is that legal? But Sensa says, you just have to come with me to meet my family again and we'll get the goods. I'll set you up with some new vending machines. Then we go back to Felicity. Now she's in the mailroom and Blair runs into her and Felicity tries to kind of scurry away just like, oh, hey, what's up? I got to get to class. But as she's trying to get away, Blair says, so are we cool? Which is weird. Like, why would you just randomly ask that of someone? And Felicity turns around and says to him, like, Blair, I saw you. I saw you kissing Tara. And she's like, maybe that's why you're asking me if we're cool. And Blair's like, wait, for real? Like, I wasn't even in the library the other day. And he's basically gaslighting her. Like, I wasn't there. It's like, oh, you know, you just uh, you saw the back of some guy's head and you assume it just has to be me. Right. And so he's like, whatever, and just kind of storms off. And so Felicity's like, okay, now what? 
she also looks maybe like he put enough doubt in her head that like you just saw the back of someone's head. You don't know who you saw. And so now she almost looks even more conflicted, like maybe it wasn't him that I saw. I don't know. Well, yeah, he he didn't just say some guy's head. He said some brother's head. So he did include the race in there. And I think that's even more like she knows she's like some privileged white girl. And who is she to be accusing Blair, this up to now stand up guy who's her her good friend's boyfriend's like. So I think that added an extra layer of doubt. She doesn't want to be that girl who accuses the black man. You know, that is another sensitivity. Like all all black people look the same or something. Yeah. 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 And there is a lot of racial tension stuff going on in that. I mean, not that it's not going on anymore, but especially back then, there were a lot of big issues, big um, publicized court cases that had to do with race relations. So I could see him sprinkling that extra bit of doubt in there to make sure she backs off. He's an expert level gaslighter. Yeah. Looks like it might have worked. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she does back up. But on a backup, speaking of, of the 90s and different styles, I want to admire Sensa's zigzag hairstyle real quick. <laughs> we didn't mention that when we were talking about Sensa's uh, reappearance on the show. She had a nice zigzag hair part. Not a side part, not a middle part, a zigzag part. Did did you all ever do your hair? Wasn't there a special tool you could use where you would like run it through and then it would make it? All zigzaggy like that. Yeah, I, I believe there were. I never invested in one myself. I just used my finger. <laughs> yeah, just good old fashioned <laughs> hand squiggle. I feel like I just saw a TikTok about that. Like somebody used a fork on their hair and it was like amazingly perfect zigzag part. Mm. I should track that down and post it <laughs> and put it in our story or something. It's like the dingle hopper from Little Mermaid. She uses the fork. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, I did like Sensa's braids. There was at one point she had like little oh, skinny yeah. braids throughout her hair, not just in the front. Those were cute. Some accents, some braid yeah. accents. Yeah. a little braided accent. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, hairstyle stuff going on in this episode. Some other hairstyle oh, stuff yeah. especially later that I was really amused by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. Very soon here. <laughs> so then Felicity is walking with Noel as he's getting his coat on to go meet with Sensa's family. And he tells her that he's glad she didn't say anything. Like, she must be really glad now that she didn't say anything to Elena, knowing that Tara is her friend. So Felicity says it's crazy because if she hadn't seen Blair in the library, that her and Tara probably would have become friends because they're friend. You know, she's friends with Elena. And so they would all have become friends. So then Sensa's in the elevator as the elevator doors open for Noel, and she tells Felicity that she can make a lot of money selling her hair. And Felicity's like, thanks, I'll keep that in mind, which I don't know. Would you guys buy her hair? I mean, you know I like to get wigs, but no. (laughs) (laughs) If it was dyed a fun color, then maybe, but not just... She's She's got pretty hair, but not my style. I feel like these days people donate it. Yeah. My face shape just wouldn't work with that kind of hair, I don't think. (laughs) Mm. I've got enough curly hair. I don't need Felicity's. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like people donate enough hair these days where I don't know that you could really make a lot of money from selling cut hair. Like, I feel like people just donate it to like, what's it called? Locks, Locks of Love or Locks for Love. Yeah. Yeah. 
But then we go back to the loft and Julie is figuring out how to get to Carol's. So she's set in her mind. She's going to go just knock on her door and introduce herself. And so Ben's like, I guess, good luck. <laughs> he doesn't really know what to say. He's like, good luck. And she just says like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be like meeting an aunt that I've never met before. And then she catches a glimpse of her butterfly clips in her hair in the reflection of the toaster. She's like, oh, my God, my hair is crap. I look like I'm 12 years old. Yeah. So another classic 90s look. She wasn't exactly wrong. <laughs> she was not wrong. No, she was no. not. But I like that he's like, no, put the thingies back. <laughs> yeah. That's so sweet. It's like, no, you look great. Put the little thingies back. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like that I mean, she was talking about like, oh, this train and that train and this bus and walking this many blocks. And he just whips out some cash and is like, here, just take a cab. It'll be easier. So even though he has his reservations about the whole thing, he's still being very supportive and saying like, make it easier for you if you're going to do this. Like, do it right. Like, take a cab. Like, don't go through all this other nonsense over it. So he's doing his best to be supportive, even if he's very cautious. So, yeah, she's putting the thingies back in her hair. He jokes that that's how Sean gets ready in the morning. <laughs> Looking at the, because he's holding up the toaster for her to put the thingies back in her hair, the butterfly clips. And she's like, you're joking. He's like, yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> that was cute. But then Julie asks Ben if he would go with her, and he, of course, will. So agreed. I like that no matter what, he's still supporting her. Like, he made his case for why you should maybe take a step back, but she's setting what she wants to do, and he's going to go with her and, and, yeah, pay for the cab and do whatever it takes. So I do appreciate that. Then back at the dorm, we see Blair and Elena together and Felicity's kind of watching them, observing them from afar. And Blair gives Elena another gift. So she's opening it up. She thanks him and they are all kind of cute and kissy together. Is that when he gave her the peanut M&Ms? Was it that gift or did he give her a couple gifts this episode? <laughs> I didn't notice. It looked like a bag of peanut M&Ms. I yeah. think there's only one gift. Besides okay, the ticket, so besides the tickets, so that must have been Emma. I didn't notice that. That's funny. Yeah, it was like a big yellow bag, and yeah. it looked like um, I was like, "Oh, it's for her study system." And that's what I assumed. because I watched it over and over again, and it, and then I finally saw it one time. I was like, "Oh, she needs those <laughs> for her system." That's so cute. that was very thoughtful. So it's interesting, you know, that he can he can pick up on different things like this and and give her some pretty thoughtful, you know, it's like a simple thing, um, candy, but for her, she would use that probably for schoolwork and not just to enjoy it because it's chocolate yeah and then he does kind of look up and sees felicity watching them and just kind of gives her a weird Death weird glare. stare yeah <laughs> uh, so felicity ducks out but when i saw him giving her i guess it's the peanut m&ms i started to think he's yeah given elena a lot of gifts but even last week when he gave her the headband when he plopped it down in front of her, she was like, okay, what do you have to tell me? And he said, what? Nothing. It's just because you're cute. You know, or like, okay, what is it? Like, what do you need to tell me? And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, well, whatever you're afraid to tell me, and that's why you're giving me a gift. So now I'm thinking, I'm like, wait, was he already seeing someone else last week then too? And like, these are his gifts to like, because he feels bad or something like, you know, yeah, like, out of guilt. So, oh, you bring home flowers like, oh, are you cheating on me type of thing? Like, so I just I started to wonder, I'm like, has he been, I don't know, seeing other people besides Tara? Was he just already making out with Tara before? I just all of a sudden I was like, wait, this is multiple gifts now. And it got me thinking, like, how long has this been going on now? 
That is a very interesting observation. But I would add to that that he had given her a record player and a record like the, yeah. like way before they went officially dating dating. Yeah. Like he was like courting her and like I was like, oh, maybe that's his love language. That's just what he does. And maybe <laughs> maybe part of him doing that is because he is kind of a player. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it's a little bit of both. But I thought that was an interesting observation and that she is more inclined to kind of be suspicious but and she like you know when felicity was acting weird she's like what's wrong with you like what's you're acting weird so it's interesting that she could miss different signals when something really is happening we're very aware of that and she's not confronting him or asking him like no like why are you acting weird or we're not seeing those conversations on screen anyway so i'm imagining they're not happening otherwise we would see them or he's just gotten good at because she does every step of the way she kind of has questioned his intentions and pushed back and so i wonder if he's just now earned her trust where she's not questioning things but now her guards down enough think she yeah unfortunately she needs to question things but i mean they're they are thoughtful gifts that's the Mm -hmm. unfortunate Mm -hmm. thing like the record player and the record and it's like Oh, I can't play it. Well, here's a record player. You know, like it, it was really sweet, which is why it makes me sad about this whole thing. So this is so disappointing. Yeah. It's so interesting because he was the one that really pursued her so much in the beginning. He wanted to meet her for Chinese food and like, you know, he wanted to date her. And she was the one who was like, this is just a one night stand, blah, blah, blah. So he got her. He helped her stay at school. Yeah. With yeah. the scholarship. So I don't know. Weird. That's why I'm like, wait, was he, yeah, like with other girls too, and it wasn't Tara until now? You know, I don't know. I just, because it was another gift, I was like, wait, is this, is this a thing now? No, that's, that's a good question. That's a good thing to wonder. But I, I do, it could be his love language. (laughs) You're right. Then we see that Noel and Sensa are arriving together at her family's warehouse. And before they go in, Sensa tells Noel that she's the only girl in her family and they all worry about her being at school by herself. And so she told them all that Noel is her boyfriend to get them off her back and so that they don't worry about her as much. And Noel's like, wait a minute, but I have a girlfriend. Like, what about my dignity? And she says, you'll get it back in like an hour. <laughs> So they go inside and Sensa's dad comes up to them, calls him Noel. Well, all of them call him Noel, which I think is really funny um, and is so excited to meet Noel because Sensa told them this grand story about Noel saving her from a fire. Yet again, we get another fire reference with (laughs) Noel. I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, he's really grateful to meet Noel and then her brothers slash maybe also some cousins have Noel sit down and they immediately want to arm wrestle with him, which he loses repeatedly. And Noel's like, thanks, that was fun. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, he's in an all of a sudden an awkward position doing very like masculine arm wrestling and having all of these grand stories told about him. And he's like, Sansa, help, get me out of here. So it's a little bit of comic relief in this episode. Then we go back to Julie and Ben, and they arrive outside of her birth mom's house. And she basically starts to get cold feet. She's like, oh, my God, she, you know, she's an architect. She owns this whole firm. She's a hotshot. She's probably at work. This is so stupid. Why am I here in the middle of the day? And Ben kind of knows what's going on and calls her out immediately like, look, it's normal to be scared about this type of thing. And Julie tells him that people on Ricky Lake, when they're, you know, meeting people for the first time, like they just burst into tears. And she says she doesn't want to do that, which is a great 90s reference. Ricky Lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kids look yeah, it up. I was like, 
<laughs> I'm thinking about, yeah, if anybody's watching that. Like, I'm sure most of our viewers will recall Ricky Lake and there aren't a whole bunch of young people yeah. watching or listening to this. But I was just like, who would know who Ricky Lake is now? You know, if you say that name, Ricky Lake, is that going to mean anything? Like, they're going to think it's a body of water in some place they don't recognize, <laughs> like Ricky Lake. Like, oh, where is that? 1998. <laughs> You know what I remember Ricky Lake for more than her talk show was a movie she starred in with Brendan Fraser called Mrs. Winterborn. It's an amazing movie. Yep. <laughs> I love that movie. The best movie. Oh my God. Brendan Fraser was so hot in that movie. That was possibly his hottest role, probably aside from The Mummy, but yeah, he looked good in that movie. Have you seen With Honors? Oh man, that was oh, a good yes. one. That was intense. Mm-hmm. He's that was hot in that one. one. Yeah, Ricky Lake. I th- wasn't she also in Hairspray way back in the day? Oh, yeah. I think you're right. You're right. I don't know if it was on Broadway or in a movie. But yeah, she's. I wonder what she's up to. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder as well. And I, I just couldn't remember when I was thinking about the talk show. Like, was she on the talk show first or was she doing the acting first? Like, how did that, like, what order did that come in? Or was she, like, simultaneously doing talk show first? I think it was acting first. What? Really? Yeah. Because okay. I feel like she was way younger in Mrs. You're Winterborn. right about that, too. Yeah. It's just uh, really interesting to reflect and ponder on on Ricky Lake. <laughs> yeah, she was in Hairspray. Just, but yeah. also, I wonder, like, how they picked her for a random talk show. Like, I don't think she was the biggest star. Like, not like a Drew Barrymore or Kelly Clarkson these days, right? Like, I thought she would have said, like, huge. Maury. I don't know if she was. <laughs> Maury well, but isn't he only known for his show? Or was he an actor, too, beforehand? Well, she was talking about, yeah, being on a talk show and meeting people. So I would have thought like something like that. Or um, there was also like Mm. Sally Jesse Raphael. (laughs) Who else was? Oh, her red glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Springer. That was the other big one. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like I feel like Ricky Lake is such an obscure reference out of all the ones that they could have chosen. (laughs) That's like probably the most obscure one. That was I think that was one of the best ones, though. Like I actually enjoyed watching that one. It wasn't just like people having fights like on Jerry Springer. Are you both looking it up? I feel like you're yeah. both looking it up. Hell yeah. You know what? I went to Jerry Springer with Melissa's mom, by the way. Oh my God, that's right. I, I didn't get to go because I, I was too young. Yeah, I couldn't go. Wait, what? You went to the show? Yeah, we watched it. Um, Melissa's mom took me and yeah. um, Melissa's brother. Weren't you guys like in the front row? Yes, we were. We were. We were in the front row and like somebody got into a fight and like one of the chairs was like pushed aside like really close to us. Mm-hmm. And the guy on the show, one of the guests, I remember his name was Country because I thought that was hilarious that his name was Country. <laughs> and he was like a country dude, <laughs> like like a good old country boy. That sounds like a reality TV star person. <laughs> like I'm country. I'm 36 years old. <laughs> yeah, I think Country was cheating on somebody is what happened, if I recall amazing well ricky lake we we need to see what she's doing she's still acting she was in a movie under the christmas tree (laughs) a 2021 yeah i just went on her instagram she looks she looks fantastic if you look on her instagram she's gorgeous Mm -hmm. oh instagram good good for her and yeah everyone do a rewatch or a first watch of mrs winterborn great movie yes Mm -hmm. so back to felicity though 
Julie doesn't want to burst into tears like on Ricky Lake. And Ben has a great suggestion. He says that he saw a payphone nearby. Maybe she could just try calling first. But Julie, all of a sudden, you know, she's clearly just scared and wants to leave. She's like, what would I even say? She's not looking for me. Ben's like, well, how do you know? You don't know that. She's like, yeah, I do. Apparently, the only way that Julie could see her own records of who her mother is is if her mother was looking for her, too, which is very sad. Interesting. It was very sad, yes. But it's interesting that she's bringing this up now when he was asking all those questions like, oh, like, how are you going to take it if yeah. she rejects you? And she didn't bother to mention this then. But now that she's, you know, because she didn't want to think doorstep. about it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like reality hit really hard, really fast in this moment for her. So then Julie decides to bail. She's too scared. So they both leave. But then back at the warehouse, apparently Noel has been drinking a lot of vodka and now he's really trying to sell this fire-saving story that Sensa told. So he's recounting the tale and then Sensa's dad is like, Noel, Noel, you're a stick. You need to eat. And he hands him an entire sausage that's speared on a fork and gives that to Noel to eat. And I can say I am Polish. It's not Estonian, but, you know, Eastern European. I can say 100% accurate. This is how those families are. They're just just trying to pump you with food yes, and, and get you to yeah. eat and especially sausage. So, yeah, this is accurate. Yeah, that's funny. I know my friend um, growing up, their family was from Portugal and they were constantly trying to feed me, which was great because back then I could eat so, so much and not gain any weight, but not so much anymore. I would I wouldn't set foot in their house today <laughs> like I that I wouldn't be able to walk back out. <laughs> and yeah, you can't turn down food, basically. You so, can't. That's like so offensive. <laughs> yeah, he, he takes the fork with the sausage, but he's like, you know what? Excuse us. And he pulls Sensa aside into like another back room or office. And Sensa says, oh, unfortunately, you know, Yuri beeped me and he's stuck in Jersey or somewhere and he's not going to make it. But, you know, we can meet again tomorrow. Noel's like, wait, what? Like he beeped you two hours ago, which was seven sausages ago. <laughs> so... He's pissed. He's like, I didn't have to do all this. But Sense is like, you looked like you were having fun. Like, you know, she's she wanted him there to basically calm her family down. So I think he now- was having fun, though, like bragging yeah. and like, you know, making himself yeah. out to be this hero. He probably did like the attention. Arm wrestling, drinking vodka, eating sausages. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. But now he has to come back the next day. So that is kind of a bummer. But. Then Felicity and Elena are studying together when uh, I think in Elena's room and Tara bursts into the room, tells Elena to turn on the radio, which is funny because kids don't listen to the radio anymore. But they used to you never knew what song was going to play on the radio. And so there was their song was playing. Their jam was on. Um, and so she's like, turn on the radio. And they have a whole chore- like choreographed dance, like a TikTok dance to this song together. Felicity's just kind of still there sitting on the bed, watching them have fun together. But you can kind of tell she also doesn't really know what to think or say. She's kind of smiling. But to me, it looked like she was just kind of putting on a happy face for them. Yeah. Also, so I she- don't think she had any relatable experiences to that, you know, of her own. Like, you know, I could like, do you have any dances with your friends? You two probably have a dance together, too, right? No, we <laughs> were just talking today about how we used to do ribbon dancing together in my living room. Yes. Oh, I don't know if we have like a memorized dance no. specifically, but yeah. I feel like Melissa and I tried really, really hard to get the arms right from the Teen Witch dance. We did. We tried. Did we ever get it? We tried. We tried. (laughs) I don't think so. I think we just really tried. Heather, do you know what we're talking about? (laughs) Is that the, is that like the rap that they do? 
No, it's not the rap. We should find that clip and post it. Oh, okay. Final dance scene. Oh, no, it's not top that. Yeah. Top that thing. I was like, it was like something. Yeah, top yeah. that. Yeah, that's funny. Best I think scene of any movie of all time. I think Robin Lively, who was the actress in Teen Witch, I think she posted her like redoing that dance or something recently for Halloween oh, really? on Instagram. Yeah, I'll oh, try and find fun. it and send it to you. It was funny. You can post it in our Discord. <laughs> yes, I will post it in our Discord. So yeah, then Felicity tells Sally while she's watching them do this that eyewitness testimony has been known to be unreliable. And she's like, I mean, would I bet my life that I saw Blair in the library kissing someone? She's like, no, like Elena seems happy. The truth will probably come out anyway. And for anybody who likes psychology trivia, Elizabeth Loftus is a psychologist who did a lot of studies on eyewitness testimony. And I absolutely would reference her if I ever get called for jury duty and I would be like I know about Elizabeth Loftus and they would kick me out immediately because she did a lot of work with eyewitness testimony and how unreliable they are and if you ask questions a certain way people answer the way you know like how fast was the car speeding how fast was the car going like little words here and there like that can manipulate how somebody testifies and recalls I'm you know air quotes remembers um so yeah she she specifically did a lot of work with that so I thought that was cool I know that they didn't mention her but I knew what she was talking about I know. I know what's up. I read a lot of like mystery thriller books and they always talk about how like, yeah, eyewitness testimony can be very easily manipulated. And also if you talk to other people who were around at the time, like you can influence each other's memories too. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. I also think in this scene, I, if I put myself in that situation, I might also be a little jealous of like, this is my new friend, Elena. I think we're really close. But again, kind of like when Hannah came to town for Noel and she knows these things about Noel that she doesn't. Now here's Tara like, oh, is she going to are they going to be closer and I'm going to get pushed out because they squeezed out? Yeah, because yeah. like they already have all this history together. So I think there's an interesting tension here between like your friends from home and high school and newer college friends, too, that I think it's also an interesting dynamic. Like I could see where you might where Felicity might not want to tell Elena about this because it's like, well, is she just going to say you're just jealous of my friendship with her? You know, so I could I could definitely see that maybe being part of her hesitation to come forward with what she saw. Yeah. Jealousy and confusion because she hasn't had that kind of friendship with somebody else and she doesn't have a history with anybody else. So she doesn't have any frame of reference to kind of know what's normal or not normal. And yeah, I think it's just she's probably kind of confused and curious about how friendships play out and what they look like over time. And yeah. She's probably like, oh, I thought Elena and I were really close, but maybe now we're not as close as I thought we were after seeing how they're interacting, right? So, Which is kind of confusing to me because I don't think they're very, very close either as a mm. viewer. I really don't. And I don't think that their friendship was ever built up in the course of the series. Like, yeah, you know, more they're they're better friends by the end of the series than they are at the beginning of the series. But I, I, don't, I just, well, this is the hill I will die on. I don't think Elena was featured nearly enough and the friendships were built up nearly enough. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think that was such a huge missed opportunity. Well, this is kind of their first hurdle as friends, too. Like Felicity's been with Julie through a lot of like there was the her and Ben stuff in the beginning. They had conflict and moved through it. Then there was the Zach stuff that she tried to help her with. And I think Julie's been there for her for the Noel stuff, too. And like Elena, like you said, just hasn't been in it as much. And so this is kind of the first time that they've had some sort of conflict to deal with together and, you know, Mm -hmm. come out the other end. Because most of her, most of Felicity's focus has been on either her relationship with Ben or her relationship with Noel, whether it's their friendship or relationship, relationship. Like she's been more 
gravitating towards towards the men of the show than building up her female friendships up to this point anyway. Yeah. But then Felicity visits Noel's room because he's back from Sensa's and he's a little drunk off the vodka. <laughs> but he tells her he fesses up that he had to pretend to be Sensa's boyfriend. And unfortunately, he's going to have to go back and do it all again tomorrow. He's like, but don't be jealous. Felicity says she's probably supposed to, but that it's just too sad, the whole situation. And I, I thought it was really interesting. Like, Felicity's so much more confident than Noel in their relationship. She's like, I probably should be jealous, but I'm not. It's just too sad of a situation. <laughs> so I thought that was super interesting because usually Felicity overthinks yeah. and overanalyzes everything. And she just kind of was like, oh, it's it's kind of just funny, actually. Well, it's also probably because she, like, knows Sensa a little bit and, like, how ridiculous she is in her family. I think if it was some other girl, yeah, she would probably be more jealous. But And knows Noel, too. And he's kind of obsessed with Felicity. Mm, you know, we true. talked about people being obsessed with other people. And I feel like if anybody's obsessed with somebody, he's obsessed with her. He's very fixated on her and... um. Uh, enamored with her all those yeah, things that's true and he's a very dedicated ra so she's probably like yep <laughs> you're doing it for he's the vending yeah he's just taking one for the team <laughs> but then elena walks up to felicity interrupts them and says can we talk felicity of course agrees dun, dun, and done <laughs> yeah so she's following elena to elena's room and she tells sally that the only time she felt like this uh was going to the principal's office after some kid called her Palacio Porter and she put a bunch of salt in his drink or something. And so this is she feels like she's going to the principal's office now. But can I just say, I didn't know that Felicity was such a hard name to pronounce that we've got Fatisserie. Now we've got Palacio Porter. Oh like, it's just I didn't know Felicity was so hard to say. I feel like that kid who called her Felicio Porter was Fatisserie Porter dude's kid. <laughs> <laughs> and in my universe that I've built up in my mind, that's like the refrigerator dude's kid who called her that. I also thought it was kind of racy for this show for them to make that her nickname or whatever. Yeah, the kids, you know, kids yeah. say wacky stuff. And she does say like, I didn't know what it means, but I, I knew I didn't like it. Like I yeah. knew it wasn't OK. So yeah, interesting. But she feels like she's getting walked to the principal's office. So she follows Elena into her room. She sees both Blair and Tara in Elena's room kind of heads down and they look like they're all about to get in trouble. So then Elena says, you saw Blair kissing Tara. And so, I, you know, she's like, wait, what? Like, is this a question? And Blair's like, look, I said that she saw a mistake. And immediately I'm like, why did Blair tell Elena about Felicity saw me accidentally or saw something she didn't? I just thought it was really bizarre that it's like this whole thing started because Blair was like, she saw a mistake. He was I just wondered what happened here. Do you guys have thoughts? Getting ahead of yeah. it. I was just going to say, he's probably trying to get ahead of mm. it. He knows Felicity and how she can be a Budinsky. But in So he was like, she'll probably <laughs> tell her. So let me tell her first. So it makes me look better. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing because um, he's so smooth, like the way he was gaslighting mm -hmm. and everything. Like, it's like, of course, he he knows how to navigate a situation like this because she when he said, are we cool? And she admitted that she saw them. Like, why are you asking me that? You know, I saw you like that's why you're asking. So that was enough of a signal to be like, OK, I got to do some damage control before this blows up in my face. Mm. So then. You know, they Blair and Tara explain that she apparently was upset about a breakup and she went to like thank him and kiss him on the cheek. But at the same time, he turned his head and 
they accidentally kiss and took a second too long or something to pull away. And I, again, my question is, how are Tara and Blair so close already? If she just transferred here, like, why is Blair the one consoling her about a breakup? Like, that was my big question. I'm like, how is this an explanation that makes sense for yeah, what was going on? Yeah, that's because it's bullshit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Elena's no dummy. But again, if he thinks he's being smooth and getting ahead of it, I'm like, I don't see how this situation makes sense. Yeah. So then Elena says, okay, show me. She's hardcore, man. <laughs> that was such a badass move. Show me. Show me what it ha- Show me what happened. Putting them on the spot. And meanwhile, Felicity's just sitting here too. Like she's having to watch all this play out, which is crazy. And so they're like, are you for real? She's like, yeah, show me. Show me how this accidentally happens. So they role play. They don't actually kiss. But, you know, they pretend to get close or whatever. And Elena's like, all right, Felicity, is that what you saw? And Felicity's like, maybe it could have been. Like, it did happen to Noel and his mom was. What a dweeb. So classic. So Felicity, yeah, is now thinking maybe that is what I saw. Again, she's got a lot of doubt in her mind. Maybe. I don't know. I was kind of disappointed because, like, it almost seems like she's defending this guy Blair more than she's backing up her girl. Mm-hmm. Elena, like, why are you working so hard to kind of help this guy cover up his tracks? And, you know, self-doubt or not, I don't know. Like, did he really get in her head that much or is she just trying to avoid a conflict? Like, because this is a really uncomfortable situation. But it's kind of too late. Like, the conflict is is here. It's happening. It's it's now. So I just kind of thought that was weird that she seemed like she was giving more loyalty to him than to her actual friend, Elena. Yeah. It could be just that Noel's telling her not to say anything. Now she might be uh, thinking from previous situations, I shouldn't have gotten involved. So maybe she's just conflicted because, yeah, she doesn't know what to do now. It's like, when I get involved, I'm in trouble. When I don't get involved, I'm in trouble. So maybe she's just conflicted and doesn't know what to do. I don't know. That's rough. Well, it's a good thing Elena's no dummy, so she can <laughs> she can see she can read between the lines. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> she's still not buying it. I think she's just she can play the long con too, just like yeah. Blair can. Okay. I think she's going along with it for now and being like, okay, okay, we'll see. Then we see at the dorm, Ben is at the vending machines. These are still the old ones, of course. And he's getting paydays out of the vending machine. Noel sees him, stops by. Of course, it works for him, puts in the money, the candy comes out, right? And Noel says, like, oh, like, of course, it works for you, right? And he's like, I never would have pictured you as a payday guy. And he's like, you picture me? (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) gosh, I died. So funny. You picture me? Which is like, Noel obviously isn't thinking about what candy that you eat, but it's just something to say. But it was very funny. Like, you think about me? (laughs) But Ben says that they're for Julie. She loves those things. So it's like, right, catch you later. And Noel puts money in. And of course, it breaks and nothing comes out. So just Noel's luck. The writers are really, you know, putting it, laying it on thick at this point of Mm -hmm. like how different Ben and, and Noel are. But that's okay. So Ben takes the paydays over to Julie's. She's in her room. He knocks on the door and Julie just says, like, what? Like, it was very short. So clearly she's in her head and stressed out. So he comes in, gives her the payday, and she, like, quickly hides whatever papers that she was looking at. And Ben sits down with her and says that he knows how hard all of this might be, but he thinks that she should just, like, take some time off from doing anything. He's like, well, maybe just write her a letter first. And 
Julie says, yeah, well, actually, she was already trying to. And she rips out the papers that she just hid. And basically, she got three words like, dear Carol, I like that was the, the progress that she made on the letter. So she's already trying. And then was basically like, you know what, this this isn't your problem, though. Like, don't tell me to wait. Don't tell me to do this. Like, this is my problem, not yours. And Ben's just worried about her. Like, he cares about her and what happens to her. And he's like, like, what if Carol rejects you? Like, how are you going to be able to handle that? And Julie tells Ben, she's like, look, I don't know how I would have gotten through everything that happened with Zach without you. You were incredible, but this is different. And so he's like, okay, and leaves, which is rough. So this is kind of a big hiccup for them. I think she's definitely stressed out like he is just trying to help, but she clearly just doesn't want his advice at that point. Mm -hmm. And I think he made the right move by just saying like, okay, and giving her Mm -hmm. that space so she could do the processing on her own or with her therapist if she brings that up with them um, with the therapist. But I like that he had the sense not to keep pushing it. You know, he said what he needed to say. And then, you know, there's there's no sense in kind of arguing with that emotional reasoning that she's got going on right now. And he's probably seen this before. He's probably tried to reason with his mother, you know, with her relationship with his dad. And I'm sure he's got a lot of history of, you know, trying really hard to prevent intense emotional reactions. So he's he's an expert at that, at at witnessing blowups and hurt and pain and all that. So I'm sure it's really hard for him to resist inserting himself even more into the situation and just pulling back. But I think he's grown too from his experiences and having some distance from home where he can be like, okay, like, I really don't have control over this. Like, things are going to happen how they're going to happen. It's not my fault. It's not my responsibility. Like, you do you. I'll do me. Like, just I'll be there, you know, for her, whatever happens at the end of it. But I I can't, I can't force the situation any further than it is right now. It is a good point though i think joe i think you said this earlier that he is gonna have to be the person to pick up the pieces though if something were to happen like he probably had to do with his mom over and over again so this is probably kind of activating for him like when she's like this isn't your problem he's like it's not my problem like it's gonna be Mm. (laughs) it's gonna be yeah like yeah i was there for you with zach like i'll probably have to be there for you if this whole goes down poorly yeah that's a big load to dump on somebody then we go back to the cafeteria where Elena is studying again, of course, and Blair comes up to her with another gift. This time it is tickets to a jazz club, which again is very Elena and a thoughtful gift, right? So he's like, look, I feel like at a jazz club, you won't even have to talk to, like, we won't even have to talk to each other. We can just sit there and bob our heads to the music, right? Like, since she's still, quote unquote, heated about everything. I'm like, don't, like, you give her time. Like, has it even been a day? Like, give her time. Now this feels like a little too much like love bombing almost. It's like maybe give her a little bit of space to deal with what just happened. You accidentally kissing, but she didn't really say much. And so he's like, all right, like basically how long are you going to be mad at me? Right? Like how long are you going to punish me for all of this? So she gets up and leans down and kisses him on the cheek, which again, salty. And she said, basically, until I can get the picture of you and Tara taking a second to pull away out of my head. Mm. And then she walks away. I'm like, go, girl. Good. (laughs) Get it. That's right. Yeah. Don't let him off the hook so easy. He can't buy you back with tickets and things and gifts. We see Julie then stops by Felicity's room and asks her why she makes tapes to Sally instead of writing letters. And Felicity tells her that she's just found that it's easier to express herself when she just talks, that she doesn't censor herself as much as in writing as when she's talking. So Julie asks her if she can borrow her tape recorder and doesn't tell her why yet. She's like, but don't worry, like tomorrow over breakfast or something, I'll tell you. 
And I was actually really proud of Felicity in this moment because she's just kind of like, okay, like, bye, Sally. I'll talk back, you know, talk back soon. And Julie, say hi to Sally. And then she just like hands it over. Like, she doesn't push her like, no, really, what's wrong? What's going on? Tell me now. Like, I was actually kind of proud of Felicity in this moment because I feel like in in three episodes ago, she would have like, oh, no, what is it? Tell me now. And she just kind of let it be. She's growing. She's learning, you guys. I keep saying this. Yeah. You can see these subtle shifts in her yep. character over this, like, last few episodes. Yeah, it's good writing. It is. It is. Then back with Yuri. Noel and Sensa are with Yuri, and Yuri tells Noel that he's going to give him the 4,000, which is, I guess, the fanciest vending machine that someone could ever have. And so he's like, here's the calculations of the profits and all this stuff and the cost and I don't know, nonsense. He's like, but now we drink. And I was like, "Uh oh, like now I'm gonna have to get drunk on vodka again. But this time, luckily, it's just Pepsi. So they take a Pepsi and Yuri, you know, kind of goes off. And the other brother from the other day who was arm wrestling him comes back up to Noel and says basically that he's figured out Noel isn't really Sensa's boyfriend, but he's actually okay with it because at least she has one good friend. Like she can tell that Noel's a good guy and a nice guy. And so at least Sensa's got one good friend in New York while they're all worried about her. So I thought that was really sweet. And then and the brother wants to arm wrestle Noel again, but this time he's going to let Noel win because it looks good. So that was a cute ending uh, with, with Sensa's family. Then we go back to Julie's room and she's got Felicity's tape recorder and starts recording a tape to Carol. We get Dear Carol. She starts explaining her name, where she was born, how old she is, and that she believes that she is Carol's daughter. She tells her she's had a great life so far. She loves her parents. They're great. You know, she's in college. She's going to major in music. She has great friends. But there's always been something missing. She says that she tells people that it's a hole, but she said it's more like a question that never goes away. And this was this shot was beautifully shot. Like she's in front of these what are those Venetian blinds or something? And they're just kind of tilted. There's this gorgeous golden hour light coming in. It was a beautiful shot. And I also think Amy Jo Johnson was just very vulnerable. And it was a, it was a beautiful yeah. scene. And she tells t- Carol that she'd like to meet her, even if just once, to see herself reflected in someone else, which I thought was really, really cute. And I think that is, yeah, a lot of maybe what the other characters want to, Ben and Noel and everyone, like they just want to see themselves reflected in their parents or they want their parents to be proud of them. Um, So I thought that was a very human, relatable moment for Julie. Then we go back to the library where Felicity and Elena are studying together. And Elena says, by the way, I never thanked you for being there for me. Thanks for staying out of it because I probably wouldn't have believed you if you had come to me first about the Blair and Tara stuff, which is interesting. Felicity stayed out of it and Elena's thankful for that. However... That is keeping the conflict going. Again, it's just an interesting mix now of Felicity staying out of it. But now that's not maybe the right move. And Elena was grateful. Yeah, I don't know. It's just an interesting, complex situation here. Yeah, I thought she said she wouldn't have believed Blair if Felicity came to her first. So, Oh, but did I get that wrong? I That's what I thought she said. Like, I wouldn't have believed him if you came to me first. I, can't remember I don't know. Now. Hmm. So, so I think that 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 would make a difference too. Like, it's like, wow, you really handed him the keys here. Like, you really gifted him a get a jail free card by not saying something sooner. If that's um, if that was what Elena was communicating to her. 
I think you're right, Dr. Joe, because why would she why would she say that? If Felicity had told her first, why would she just automatically not believe her? That doesn't make as much sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I think she automatically would have. Yeah. Well, because now what happens later, now when she tells her the truth, she's like, yeah. I can't believe what you're saying because this is my friend who helped me when my mom was dying, you know. So to me, it was like, I wouldn't have believed you anyway, because I believe them. Like, I have to believe them, because otherwise that means that right. my best friend of so long is doing this to hurt me now. But I think that's why she did say I wouldn't have believed Blair if you came to me first, because she does have to hang on to that lie, because <laughs> the truth would literally hurt too much. Hmm. Okay, I guess I'm confused then. Yeah, that's fine. We're all confused. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll go back and watch it again. I can also like re-record that piece. Yeah, we definitely. I'll I'll edit all of this out. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, be like... authentic for our listeners. You know, I yes. guess they're like, wait, did they not watch the episode? Is she an idiot? You know, sometimes the captions are wrong and stuff like that too. I like, didn't have the captions on this time. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else. I don't know if you caught it at the end. Um, the caption on Sally's uh tape at the end it says Sharon instead of Sally. What so yeah, I know. So sometimes mistakes are made. So I could have been watching the captions and like misread or misheard. That is very possible because sometimes because I know that happened with some of Julie's lines too. So some of these lines are really low, and even with the captions, you can't one hundred percent trust the captions. So I will rewatch though. We're only human, and technology is not always on our side. This is true. Huh? But then Felicity asks, "So you forgive Blair?" And Elena says, "Yes," but. She's going to milk it for a little bit and, you know, make him sweat. And as for Tara, she's like, look, she made a mistake. She apologized. And now we're going to move on. And she says, if you can't trust your friends, who can you trust? And that is going to be my angsty away message Ooh. of the week. <laughs> That's a good one. I was wondering I don't what think, it was. I was trying to think. Yeah, I don't think it would be, you know, an everyday away message situation, but that's definitely like a vague Facebook post yeah. type of thing. Like, if you can't trust your friend, you know. Are you talking about um, me? I have no, nothing in particular. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> yeah, wait, which friend? That provoke lots of replies. Like, what? <laughs> Who's to bust you up? What's going Super on? Super passive aggressive. Yeah, exactly. So Felicity starts pondering that and says she's going to the bathroom. And I think she actually has the intention of going to the bathroom. But on her way, she spots the photographic memory guy that saw her and Noel and saw Blair and Tara before. So she goes back to him and asks him if the couple that took his spot last time, if he's ever seen them making out in his space before. And he says, yep, three, three times before. So now Felicity's like, all right, I didn't mess up. I know that this actually happened. So Felicity sits back down with Elena and tells her like, okay, actually the kiss wasn't a mistake. You believed me before, but I wasn't telling you the truth. And Elena says, no, they said it was a mistake. So it was a mistake. Felicity's like, well, this guy in the stack says that they went up there three times. And and Elena's like, what, you know, what guy? She's like, I don't know, some weird guy in the stack. She's like, okay, so some weird guy tells you this thing and you're like, you're just going to believe them. But Felicity says, I mean, remember what you just said about trusting your friends. And Elena says, oh, is that what you're trying to be by telling me this? And how good of friends are we? Have you ever been to my house? Have we laughed so hard that we're rolling on the floor? Were you with me in the hospital when my mom died? Because Tara was. So believing you means that she's lying in my face and I can't do that. So again, we're getting this tension between friends from home and college friends. Like what defines really good or close friends? Is it how long you've known someone? Is it what you've been through together? I thought that was just really interesting. 
And to Joe, to your point, like they've known each other not a super long time. But yeah, I mean, how many huge moments has Felicity been there for Elena for, right? So I can see where Elena would be like, there's no way that this this friend would do this to me, like after all we've been through, right? Right. That's kind of throwing things in Felicity's face too a little bit. I get why she she was reactive and defensive. But whose house has Felicity been to? I mean, she's not good <laughs> friends with, she hasn't been good friends with anybody really. You know, in high school, it seemed she made it sound like she was kind of a loner. So she hasn't laughed so hard she cried with anybody. I mean, maybe Noel by this point, but she hasn't been anybody's house. She hasn't like been through some like really, really, really hard things with anybody, you know, like in her history, her own history. So of course she hasn't done that with Elena yet either. So it's kind of like, it feels a little unfair for her. Um, but I get the point that Elena's trying to make that it's, it would be really, really hard to turn Elena's back on that long history she's had with Tara. Which is why I wonder if Felicity had come to her originally first before Blair said anything, would she have believed Felicity then either? Because again, it'd be admitting that her close friend from home has been lying to her and doing this behind her back. So maybe it's, just, it's interesting because I don't think Blair would have gone up to her because I think if she went right away, he wouldn't have had an opportunity to be like, are we cool? And then find out that she knew and she could possibly tell if she would have just dropped that bomb on Elena right away. And then Elena would have had to confront Blair instead of giving Blair the upper hand to confront her. Yeah. Maybe maybe it would have gone differently because he would have been caught off guard and not had like this whole lie planned out and she could have talked to them separately and like she could have done a whole interrogation thing which I'm sure she would do <laughs> like she would have been like I want to make sure stories match up and not give them an opportunity and they didn't have like cell phones so you could like text somebody real quick and be like okay she's gonna ask you this say this you know like they would have just they would have gotten so busted you'd have, you'd have to leave a message on the answering machine here's our alibi yeah <laughs> And hope they got it in time. Yeah. Yeah. Or that if it was like super premeditated, they would have had to lay that all out way ahead of time before the, they had their first kiss even. I think Elena could have busted them like really hard if she if she got that information way ahead of time before Blair could, you know, plant plant that bug in her ear and be like, oh, yeah, like this thing happened on an accident, by the way. So I'm just letting you know because I'm being honest and telling you what happened. But then immediately after we see Elena, Blair, and Tara are hanging out together, and Tara and Blair are kind of flirty, like right in front of Elena. In my opinion, they're a little flirty. And, and she saw that shit. Yeah, she saw it. She felt it. Yeah. And like Elena kind of gets up. She's like, oh, I got to go meet my chem TA. And Blair's like, oh, well, what time am I picking you up for the jazz club? So she walks away and Tara kind of gives like a side eye like, oh, hmm, she's still not over it, maybe. But I'm like, really? All this happened? And you think you're that slick? <laughs> I, it was cringy. Then we go to Noel's room and Felicity's kind of hanging on him and he's trying to study or read and she's fiddling with his hair or something. And he was like, oh, you know, I could program this new vending machine to get you two for one. But, you know, you charge me for coffee, so forget about it. And that was funny. But basically, he was like, weren't you supposed to be studying all night? And Felicity says she was supposed to be studying with Elena, but Elena didn't call. And Felicity said, but I didn't call her either. And Noel says, like, you were honest. You can't be mad at yourself for that. And Felicity says that, like, yeah, but she just thought that they were better friends than that. And so, again, I'm like, 
Felicity before would have been calling, knocking on doors, like, just let me explain myself. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And again, she's like, she didn't call Elena either. So she's giving Elena space after her being mad. So Felicity has a whole lot of restraint in this episode, crazily. Also some distraction in the form of Noel. I, I want to give her credit. Where they're, credit just, they're just together. I mean, it's not like. But it's a just, it's taking up some more space for her. Like she's got her own thing. She doesn't have to be in everybody else's business because she's got her own business now. Her business is now Noel. Okay, true. Can we take a moment, though, and just appreciate this scene for the Noel and Felicity awesomeness? Heather, were you not just like so excited and like it was so cute? <laughs> I am, but I was hold I was restraining myself because I'm like there after the last three episodes, no. you guys are probably Listen, sick of me being okay. like this was so cute. I would like to hear more of that. That I want to hear that she's not obsessed with Ben because I'm still defending her that I don't think she was obsessed with Ben last episode. So she's not obsessed yeah. with him this episode. No. So if you talk them up as a relationship, I would actually love no, that. I, I really appreciated this moment because I think a lot of times TV shows don't do those like little sweet moments between couples. It's always like either high drama or like, you know, whatever. But this was just like this cute little subtle moment between them where she was like hanging around his neck and he was like touching her and they were just talking and it was just so cute and a little teasing about the vending machine two for one it's like i love this they're like so comfortable around each other right now it's just it was a sweet sweet scene comfortable yes it was good i did enjoy it we rarely get to see those like little tiny moments with couples in tv shows like this and i liked that yeah, because they just seemed like a regular couple doing mm-hmm. like regular couple things. Like they weren't like doing like some hot and heavy make yeah. out thing or yeah. like fighting like with intensity. Like they're just spending mm-hmm. time together, enjoying each other's company. And like a, again later, we see them like napping together. That's just like a totally like oh my cute, god the spooning. It was like, so cute. A cute college couple moment like napping in each other's dorm rooms. Like I love that. Anyway. Yeah, it was lovely. I, I really did like it, which is why my fire was reignited. And, and still, I'm going to, this is a, another hill I'm going to die on, that she was not obsessed with Ben as of last episode, because I don't think she could transition yeah. from being obsessed last episode to this episode being such mm-hmm. a couple. So I'm still right. That's mm-hmm. it. My away message is Felicity is not obsessed with Ben <laughs> anymore. As of a few episodes ago, a couple episodes ago, at least. I'm rooting for her. rooting for her this I would I'm love it for the if two of them. she were only obsessed with Noel, but that's that was always she was still wearing the necklace like she was still pissed that they kept all that. I, anyway, we don't have I'll to give you lingering feelings, but I don't like the word yeah. obsessed. It's too strong. OK, it's too extreme. but a thousand percent. Yes. Lingering. Well, feelings. Noel didn't that's even fair. use that word. That was like Elena's word. She said you're obsessed with the idea that she's obsessed like Noel didn't. I feel like he did, but we'll rewind the tape on that later. OK, OK. We don't have to. I'm okay, I'm good. Yeah, reignite old fires. I said my piece. I said my piece. (laughs) No, and I do appreciate that now they've just kind of settled into the relationship too. Like it's not some new big conflict between the two of them that is, you know, the end of the world. They're just there to support each other. And yeah, she's not jealous about the sense of thing. It's just kind of funny to her. And he's there for her for the Selena thing. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And yeah, the spoon, the spooning that comes later. Yeah, that just kills me. Then we go to a fancy office building and we hear a receptionist answering the phone that it's Anderson something designs. I didn't have the subtitles on this time. Next time I will. 
<laughs> but so we learned that, yeah, Julie is now coming into Carol's office and she's got an envelope in her hands. So she asks where Carol's office is, goes upstairs. There's another receptionist up there. And she asks about Carol Anderson, but the receptionist thinks that she's there for the internship. So they're apparently recruiting for a college intern. And then who should walk by at that moment? But Carol Anderson, who from her receptionist grabs her messages and Julie sees her and in absolute perfect casting. It's Jane Kaczmarek from what, Malcolm in the Middle? Mm -hmm. Wasn't she like most famous for that show? Yeah. But they just look so they much do. alike that it's scary. Yeah, I really like that. That was really cool. Perfect casting. And so Julie's just kind of stunned in that moment. Carol, of course, doesn't really know who she is. So she just kind of smiles and walks into her office. And the receptionist is like, so the internship and gives Julie an application. But we don't see Julie giving the tape. She's just in that moment kind of stunned like she now has seen her birth mom. And now we wonder what is she going to do next? Back at the dorm, we're getting some of that slow, dramatic music. And Noel is putting money into the new 4000 vending machine. But unfortunately, the peanut M&Ms don't come out. So he bangs his head. All of that work with Sensa and Sensa's family was for nothing because even the new machines don't work. Nice product placement, too. <laughs> There's a lot you of M&Ms featured twice. <laughs> and then we go to Elena's room. She's kind of angsty there sitting and she gets up and calls Blair and says she's got work to do. She can't go to the concert. She's got too much studying to go and... We can kind of hear them going back and forth. She's like, no, no, you should go anyway. Really, it's fine. I'm going to be studying all night. Then we see Julie knocking on the door at the loft, which Ben opens up and she says sorry to him. And of course, he lets her in. So we see them make up. And then we go to Noel's room. And as we said, Noel and Felicity are spooning in his room. And then there's a knock at the door. We see that it's Elena, and she says, look, I know I don't have a right to ask you for much right now, but would you mind coming out with me for a while? And Felicity says, just give me a minute, which is still very nice. Like, yeah, at this point, she doesn't have to, but she still decides that she's going to be there for Elena. So we see them all bundled up outside by some cars parked down the street, and we see that they are outside of the jazz club. People are coming out. Looks like post-concert. And we've got a stakeout, people. I almost wish it was a little bit longer and we saw like more of their interaction on this stakeout or they had candy or something. But that'd probably be a little too comedic yeah. for the situation. But they're staking out, which I like. <laughs> but then we see Blair walk out of the club on like the stoop on the stairs and Elena looks relieved and happy to see that he's alone. But then a few seconds later, Tara comes out doesn't just walk out like friends she wraps her arms around Blair from behind then they face each other and they kiss in a very non-accident non-mistake way so Elena's crushed and we hear Sally's tape back to Felicity telling her that she cheated on John once that it was six months into their relationship and it was with an ex she said halfway through she realized why they broke up in the first place and why she loved John so much. And she said that John probably wouldn't have known, but after three months, she just couldn't take the guilt and told him. She said she never thought an affair could do anything except destroy a relationship. But after that moment, she never lied to John ever again, even about the smallest things. And she said, sometimes in a relationship, going through hell isn't so bad if you come out stronger. I guess the same is true about friends. And so we see Elena's crying and we end with Felicity kind of pulling her in to be her shoulder to cry on. 
And that was the end of the episode. So it was sad, but I I really did like seeing their friendship grow. I mm-hmm. think a lot of emphasis in our society is put on romantic relationship. Like there's couples therapy, right? We put a big emphasis on marriage. But I think that friendships are also really important and they're also very challenging. And I think it was just a beautiful episode that shows that kind of how to work through conflict with a friend. And like Sally said, like you can still come out stronger as as friends even after conflict. And so I just really appreciated that they kind of showed that because, yeah, we also we, we just think about growing stronger as couples. But like, what about friendship, too? Right. So I just thought it was a really beautiful end to the episode. Now that you say mm-hmm. that, I don't think this episode was so much a filler episode. Because it does show. <laughs> Yay! I knew something was going to bring yeah. us around. Well, it's like it does show their their friendship, you know, progressing and getting stronger. So that makes sense. Because the whole show is about finding your identity and your relationships, not just romantic ones. So that's true. Her friendships were also an important part of her growing up and becoming who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that this was Elena's approach. This seemed like a very Elena thing to do because she didn't have to believe her new friend or believe her old friend or believe her boyfriend. She could see it with her own eyes. And I like that she didn't just do the stakeout alone because she could have been like really fiercely independent about it and just fight on him on her own. But she did say, yeah, come with me because she I think down deep she knew she would need that support because I think she did know the truth underneath. Otherwise, why would she go? the trouble of, of you know doing a little stakeout but I like that you know she relied on on the evidence like facts that she could pull on she didn't have to rely on believing somebody or another and kind of I don't know jeopardizing a friendship because she chose wrong like she could see it for herself but yeah I like that she she pulled Felicity into that process and she was allowing that vulnerability to happen because there was a possibility that she would cry <laughs> you know she'd get her heart broken and she would cry and she she was vulnerable enough to let Felicity in on that. I like that that's the route that they chose for her to come to the truth because that's so on brand for her character. And knowing that Felicity is the opposite and she's so emotional, it's like, okay, this might be emotional. Like, I need my emotional person maybe with me too. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it's not a filler episode, but I also think the vending machine thing, I was like, so what was the point of this part? Like, I feel like I always try and find a common theme throughout all of their different storylines for all the characters. I'm like, what was the vending machine point? Like, just that Noel's being a friend to Sensa, but like, she's not really a big character. Like, I don't know that we see her really again after this. I don't think we see her again. Yeah, this is the second and last time, I think. So I was like, what was the point of that? I think demonstrating trust. Because, you know, the growth that you're pointing out, like, Felicity was not freaking out and overthinking and being like, oh, my gosh, she spent hours with her and he even got drunk and he met her family before he met mine. And I don't know his family. And blah, blah, blah. She could have spun out really easily. But I think that showed her growth and showed the trust that they have. Like, he can go put on this little performance um, and pretend to be somebody's boyfriend and she's not going to freak out and he's not going to freak out. Like, it's OK. And I think, Julie, like, this is obviously... The start of a much bigger, longer mm-hmm. arc for her about her adoption and, and her birth mom. So I I think, I don't know, maybe it's not a filler episode, but it's setting up some. Yeah. Of, yeah, it's like setting up some bigger things for the rest of the season, too. But also, like, we just had a set of three episodes that were amazing. So they can't all be bangers, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a slow burn. It's, it's slower paced. Right, and that's what I said at the beginning, and it's true. It's because it's, it's, yeah, it's not an action, you know, show or something. Like, it's just, yeah, some things in life, like she was saying, like, life's happening all around you all the time, and, like, 
part of life is not always super duper exciting events. It's just like you do your day-to-day thing and yeah, we can get a little peek into what her day-to-day looks like and the other character's day-to-day looks like. And it was establishing some more closeness with the Ben and Julie relationship too. So not just the story arc with um, the, the bio mom, but how they relate to each other and what kind of partnership that they have. Yeah. And still some open questions. We don't know what Julie's going to do next now that she's actually seen Carol in person. And yeah, now Elena is probably single again. It's just the way she likes it. <laughs> that works for her. So <laughs> uh, who knows now what it'll, what it'll be. Yeah, like now we now we don't know what's on what's in her future. So definitely some more books, chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Books and Kevin, she's got her valedictorian speech prepared, I'm sure. But I guess, yeah, maybe we did come back, come out of this discussion with a little bit of a different view on the episode and coming in. I guess that's all we can hope to do with our podcast, right? So this episode, our hay counter, we only had eight hays, which maybe makes sense, given that we thought it was a bit of a middle slow burn, as Joe said. Um, but if let us know if you agree or disagree, uh, please feel free to follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Um, come join our Discord. If you'll look at our link in bio on Instagram, you'll see we started some Discord chatting, Discord chatting um, on Felicity and the 90s. We've got a new Spotify playlist, too. So come join the fun. We'd love to meet you and, and talk further about these episodes and more. So we're looking forward to chatting with you again next week. Bye. Bye. Felicity Was Here is produced, written, and edited by Heather, Melissa, and Dr. Joe. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Felicity Was Here Pod. If you're enjoying the pod, please leave us a review and help us spread the word. We appreciate you and would love to hear from Felicity superfans like us. So send us your feedback, ask us your burning questions, or just say hey at felicitywashearpod at gmail.com. We may even read your note in a future episode. Talk to you all next week.